Welcome to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie today. All week, in fact, honored to be here on the program. And we didn't even plan this, A.B. Tucker, okay? The woman of the law, she is the law whenever she's on this program. We didn't plan the colors or anything, but great minds, I'd like to think, think alike. Yes. I just pretend that I've studied the law, you actually have. And you're gonna be needed, you're gonna be needed this indisputable program. But let's get right to it. We do have an update for you, and we'll begin with that. The down power lines in Maui, the wildfire, that is where we begin. Death tolls rising. But let's take a look at this footage. Everything's it's windy, and then there's a flash. And I think right. that's when a tree's falling on a power line. The, the power goes out, our generator kicks in, the camera comes back online, and then the forest is on fire. I grabbed two fire extinguishers. We put out the fire just on like the edge of the property here, and then Ran back inside, got more fire extinguishers, garden hoses, just whatever I could find the closest things. And we went out and just kind of contained it the best we could just to prevent it from getting out of control. And then, yeah, I texted Lance and said, it's in the grass, it's trying to jump the road. We need some assistance, so. Doing all they can, overpowered, overmatched, if you will. Devastation in Maui, the county of Maui. Maui PD confirming the following identities of victims now. Let's take you there, involved in the Maui wildfire disaster as of August 15th. Because you know, there's gonna find more bodies, folks. But as of August 15th, the following individuals have now been identified. Next of kin notified, 79-year-old Buddy Jantok, 74-year-old Robert Dickman identified as victims who perished in the fire. So sad when you think about all the people who are gonna face this. The August 15th press release stated further, currently we have three individuals for pending next of kin notification at the time of this release. There have been 106 human remains recovered. They are waiting identification. Washington Post has this reporting, the downed power lines likely caused Maui's first reported fire. That was at 1047 PM. Last Monday, a security camera, we showed it to you at the Maui Bird Conservation Center, captured that bright flash in the woods, illuminating the trees that were swaying in the wind, such powerful winds. In the video posted to Instagram, Jennifer Pribble, a senior research coordinator at the center, can be heard saying, I think. That is when a tree is falling on a power line. Something investigators will of course look at. And of course, they'll be looking to see what else could have been done and who, if anyone, is responsible for much of the devastation. Things getting out of hand when perhaps they could have been contained, no determination yet. At that exact moment though, 10 sensors, small rural town, East Maui region of upcountry, where that conservation center is located, recorded a significant incident in Hawaiian Electric's grid. That's according to data from Whisker Labs, a company that uses an advanced sensor network to monitor grids across the US. The bright light in the video was probably an arc flash. What is that? Well, it's something 
that happens when a power line faults, meaning it has come in contact with vegetation or another line or gets knocked down, releasing power usually through sparks. Again, according to Whisker Labs official and other experts who are buying into this, they believe there is already enough evidence that this is what took place. Now the fire in Makewell was the first of several reported on Maui last week. And this is the first time an electrical malfunction caught on video has been directly correlated with data confirming that Hawaiian Electric's power system experienced a major problem at the same time. The Washington Post with that one. It adds to evidence that the state's main utility equipment sparked multiple fires last week when power winds predicted for days, remember they had warning of this, whipped through drought stricken grasslands while the still burning fire had nothing to do with the blaze that roared into Lahana. It was one of several fires sparked August 7th and 8th. At least one of those exploded into the blaze that roared into Lahana, overwhelming residents, tourists, and firefighters. Remember, these people said they had virtually no warning, no sirens went off, nothing until the fire was racing towards them. They tried to outrun it in vehicles, and too many were lost in the blaze, the smoke inhalation. Asked about the coinciding video and sensor data, a spokesman for Hawaiian Electric, power provider for Maui and other islands, declined to comment. Our immediate focus is on supporting emergency response efforts, restoring power for our customers and communities, and developing a long-term recovery plan. That from the spokesman, Darren Pye. We know there is speculation about what started the fires, and we, along with others, are working hard to figure out what happened. As the upcountry conservation workers tried to save endangered birds last Monday night, the fire quickly spread across pastures, thick trees, dead branches, eucalyptus flecked areas. A few hours later, across the island in Lahana, another fire would pop up next to an electrical substation after a bright flash. Now, in interviews and online messages, eight residents said, they had long raised concerns with Hawaiian Electric about the utilities aging poles and power lines strung across Maui, which in places there are thick drought stricken trees, brush and grasslands. For days, the utility has faced scrutiny since the Post reported that despite warnings, the company had not cut power in advance of the wind storm to avoid sparking wildfires. It had not adopted a power shutoff plan as many utilities in California and other states have done. While it is not yet clear if an independent governmental authority will launch an investigation, Hawaiian Electric has begun investigating where people say the fires ignited. On Monday, inspectors from Los Angeles walked around Kula, a town near the bird sanctuary that sustained significant damage, asking residents when and where they first saw the flames and when their power went out. Maybe it's too soon to speculate, but there's already some, I guess what you legal minds would call circumstantial evidence here. Um, there are theories being developed. They're, they're more than just theories, hypothesis, right? They're supported. I wonder what you make of, we're talking eight residents. They didn't say eight members of one family. So mm -hmm. it seems that these people all complained of the same thing. and. Well, pardon the pun, but where there's smoke, there often is fire. Mm -hmm. And with this amount of devastation 
if it leads to a company, again, there's no determination that the power company is at fault here. Could there be though criminal implications or just civil? So I guess the legal answer would be it depends, right? Um, and it depends on who is in control at the time. It depends on what was known ahead of time. Um, it also depends on the laws in Hawaii in that area and how things are prosecuted. Um, I think obviously, or in my opinion, there would likely be at least civil um, issues here, right? In terms of negligence, who's liable for this? Um, if you had pre-warning, um, if there were things that could have been done to protect the residents uh, ahead of this tragedy that were either ignored, right? If um, the actions that were taken were not reasonable um, by the electrical company, then I could see a civil uh, Sort of a litigation here, um, which could stretch far, right? Because now you have an entire island that is suffering. Um, there have been multiple casualties and things of that nature. So um, it could likely get very messy in a legal sense, in, in this instance. Yeah, when you're talking about the death toll climbing and transparency, 106 souls um, gone, identified. Listening to some of the first responders talk about what they've encountered. Flames so hot that metal disintegrated. So you might imagine how difficult it is to even ascertain are these human remains. DNA is being collected from survivors to try to identify loved ones here. The scrutiny, I guess, I wonder what you make of that. You already have officials from Los Angeles. You have celebrities with real ties to Hawaii, several islands. Everybody's watching and I wonder what you think that scrutiny will mean to the overall recovery, of course, but also again, the investigation. I mean, this is a humanity issue, right? And so people should be scrutinized. These This community of people not only have lost family members, but property, right? Landmarks are destroyed, animals, right, are destroyed, all on account of potential negligence, right? So I think the scrutiny goes far and wide because these are residents who you see them trying to save their space where they live, where they pay to live in their homes, right? Where they pay property taxes and where they put forth the financial means to help run that community that they have elected officials and elected people to help them maintain and to keep them safe. And it just seems like there was a ball dropped here. And so I do think that we know how short the attention span is of people in the media and the news and stuff like that. And that in another week, we'll have another story that perhaps overshadows this one. But these community members will be dealing with the refuge of this for a long time. Not to disregard the fact that people lost family members and they'll have to deal with that heartache and that pain. They have lost resources, right? And people still have their everyday lives that they will have to continue on with in addition to dealing with what happened in this in this situation. Where again, it sounds to me like it was preventable. So. I think people need to be reprimanded at the end of the day. But I hope we keep a close eye on this because we cannot have things like this happening to the little bit of earth we do have left at this point. Yeah, our hearts go out to the people, so many devastated, affected by this. I I still have Jason Momoa in my head. He was so emphatic about the place he loves, do not come here. Don't try to capitalize on this, don't try to profit. If you want to help, 
here's where you can go. Here's the number. Don't come here. We do not want anything except respect as we try to put the pieces back together, including grieving here. We were rocked by Michael Orr disclosing, filing a lawsuit, seeking money, mega funds from his quote unquote adopted family, the Tuies. They're now clapping back. And here's what they're saying about his monumental lawsuit. Remember, he alleged, You never adopted me, I just found out in February. I'm not really a family member here, and you have owned my likeness. You've owned my right to enter into deals, contracts. And oh, by the way, he alleges you profited off of the blind side. I got nothing. Where is the money? We're hearing from Sandra Bullock. He too is speaking out today. There you see the two, he's Michael Orr. They are saying that the football star, the football player, Try to extort money from them, wanted $15 million in order not to quote embarrass them, in order to keep this uh, well family secret, if you will. Um, I want to stop there for a moment, AB, because Michael Orr says he got no money. The blind side was his story. Oh, By the way, you made yourselves look like the saviors, white saviors. You made me look stupid. And I'm still in this conservatorship that You pushed some papers in front of me and I had no idea. I'm 37 years old now. I met you when I was in high school and I can't even enter a deal without your permission. If he's just asking, let's say the facts of the case are close or mirror what he is alleging. If he's just asking for what he believes is rightfully his, is that a shakedown? Is it fraud? If he is asking for what he truly believes is his, then I don't believe that that should be considered fraud or rather a shakedown. Um, but when you feel violated, right? What do they say? A hit dog gonna holler. So when you feel violated and you have the ability to use language such as shakedown and fraud to try to manipulate the situation, then yes, you will, you know present yourself to the world as if that is what occurred. But my thing is always follow the paper, follow the paper trail, right? Um, also, if we are saying, if and by their own admission in this movie, right? If they helped to create the storyline of this movie and he was so quote, quote, stupid, right? As Michael said, they made him look. And you made him look as if he was this vulnerable. Well, then that could be fraud on your part, right? Mm. And that could be a duress on your part, right? While you're saying you're trying to help him, if he was not knowledgeable completely of what he was signing, right? If he didn't have his own mm. representation at this time, right? If he didn't understand the implication of the document, that you guys or that allegedly, right, you had him sign, then again, there could be legal liability on your end for, for misrepresentation and your end for fraud. Um, so I my number one thing is look at the paperwork, look at the documents, and let's go through the timeline. Yeah. Well, Kevin Costner's <laughs> soon to be ex-wife is saying, I didn't know anything about this prenup. I didn't read it. No, I just she told me to sign a sign. I don't know that she's gonna be successful, but I am so curious about this one. Let's take a look at the lengthy statement. That the two he's put out went to TMZ to get their their side of this story out because it is telling, um, and it's it's the bigger with which they are going after it. The language is coarse, it's harsh. Marty Singer is a bulldog, you know this AP in Hollywood. If you want to back somebody off, 
you call Marty Singer, okay? And he is the Tui family attorney. And here's some of the language here, okay? And it's threatening. Anyone with a you know modicum of common sense knows what's going on here. And you can read it for yourself there. Again, as far as we know in the public, they were family until 10 seconds ago. In in spirit, and we thought a legal document, adoption, that was not the case. The two he said, well, we couldn't legally adopt you. We looked into it, we were just trying to protect you because we knew you wanted to go to Ole Miss. And we're boosters, and this was the only way it, it could happen if you're even thinking about it. But the lawsuit stands, what's the prediction here? Because when you put up a statement like that, for all to consume about your son, there will be a countersuit, no? From um, the family, will they countersue or will he counter? They can try. I mean, you can always countersue if you think that you have a legal issue, right? But I think part of the problem is listening to the statement. And one thing, you never want to tell your left hand what the right hand is doing, especially right before you go to court. Unless you, you know, unless you have a reason to be trying to shake things up in the court of public opinion, at the end of the day, it will still go through the judicial process, right? And the judge is going to look at the facts of the case, and the judge or whoever the trier of fact is in this matter is going to look at the facts, going to look at the documents, and is going to hear both sides. So you can say what you want to say in the media, right? Because you have free range and freedom of speech, but there are evidentiary rules when you get into the courtroom, right? And there are limitations on certain things you can say, which is why a lot of times. We see people try to paint this negative narrative in the public, in the media, because you have more free range on what you can say. There's gonna be limitations when you get to court. So yes, you can file a countersuit if you like, but that does not mean it will be successful. Yeah, and here's the other thing. You know, Marty Singer goes on to say that the conservatorship was established to assist Mr. Orr's needs. And then he lists health care, okay, health insurance. A driver's license. He needed to obtain a driver's license, and also to help with college admissions. It just doesn't sound reasonable. And he goes on to say that, hey, if he wants to terminate this anytime in the future, we're happy to. He said he wants to terminate it. How difficult is it, AB, to terminate something like this? Because when you say, like me, Lay people thinking Britney Spears, Britney Spears. How difficult is it? So I'll be honest, that's not my area of expertise, right? A conservative ship, but we could, you know, see by example from Britney Spears. However, I believe the allegations in her situation was like maybe she had mental health issues um, that, you know, required her to have a conservatorship. However, my understanding is that Michael was a grown man. 18 years old when this went down, right? You cannot legally adopt an adult is my understanding. Or that was their argument, which is why they didn't go through the adoption process. But again, for the lawyer to say that he's tried this place, he's tried this play before and y'all didn't just willingly give up the conservatorship at that point begs the question of what are the actual facts that occurred, right? Because now I'm looking at you like, well, if he tried this play, however many years before or once again, mm-hmm. and you at any time said we can get rid of this conservatorship, why are we here today? Right, why do you even have to ask for it, right? Because. A 37 year old grown man, unless there's some issue that we don't know about, he was able to handle himself, travel, be part of a team, NFL. Why Why does he have to ask you? Why aren't you setting him up? I have a daughter, 
And I can't imagine doing this to her. And by the way, Mr. Tui, the Tuies couple, sold his company for $200 million. Now they say they've give, they got a small advance from the production company and they gave Michael Orr, they call him now Mr. Orr, an equal cut. My daughter is a little bit of acting, a little bit of modeling. Now she's only made $25, <laughs> full disclosure. I've not taken one penny. And do you know what I've spent to get her ready for these opportunities and whatever it is? Because they tell you, you know, this stage, $25, you gotta bring your own clothes, okay? I don't wanna profit from her. And to me, that that's telling. And I wonder if that kind of evidence, again, circumstantial can be presented in a courtroom because this thing does look like you you hire Marty Singer, and you can talk about who he is. We're this is going to court, baby. We're gonna go to distance. Oh, absolutely. I would say that. I and mean, I would also say just really quickly, like look at the words that have been used in their prior interviews where they say, we just wanted to help Michael. We just wanted the best for him, right? And he couldn't have gotten into school otherwise. And so it begs the question of, well, did you groom him for that, right? Because why wasn't he able to get into school without you signing a conservatorship? And how did that assist him? We need to look at the NCAA excuse me, the NCAA rules when it comes to this, right? Mm -hmm. And why they went the route that they went. Um, and then also to say that you guys got an equal cut. Well, that depends, right? Because from what I've read and seen, um, there was like a split um, in half of um, every everyone in the family got like maybe 14,000 allegedly. And then Michael himself got 14,000. But in my opinion, okay. if we're splitting this evenly, let's think, at it, think about it in community property, right? You split that in half. And then your half gets to divide that half among themselves, and Michael keeps his own half. So that's kind of the issue that's bothering me in looking at this, but have fun in court. Wow, and that's why we love, and I am now legally hype, okay? That's why we love you, and that's why we love having you on, because that's an interesting perspective, community property. No, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I will kill you. You started it. She hit me. Call the cops. Call the cops. Call the cops. Call the cops. Relax. Call the cops. And she's just filming me. Stop. Call the cops. That's up to you. Yes, I'm going to call the cops. Call the cops, Elijah, on your phone. That was scary. The scariest part to me, AB, is when the perp suddenly morphs into an Oscar award winning victim here. When might we get to a point in America, okay, when a Karen charging at a woman in a grocery aisle, threatening to kill her, and then <laughs> retreating and calling for help within the span of seconds? This took 20 seconds. Is this white fragility here, this Karenicity, to the point where it's got to be specific? I mean, in the penal code, spelled out, it's a crime. I mean, yeah, you can't attack someone and then call victim, right? That's no longer self-defense if you are the first aggressor. Um, but I think that Karens are so used to just behaving however they want to and have no real knowledge of the law. And there's been no checks and balances on their behavior, which is why we continue to see things like this happen out in public, right? But it is recorded. And although we don't know what happened prior to um, the part of the reporting, or excuse me, the recording that we've been able to see, we clearly saw this lady attacking this lady, threatening to kill her. 
that to me is more aggressive than someone who has their phone out and is trying to just record for the sake of, you know, let's end this or let's let's stop the altercation. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we need to start doing shopping though, because this game getting out of control. Yeah, and this part was the scariest for me. I think we had a freeze frame where exactly it was like this rabid bear who was attacking, and she was so loud that there it is. Okay, look at this. Okay, she was so loud that I'm a little disappointed you would cover your bases and say, well, we don't know what the store, you know, clerk or owner that part girl. That's a Karen dance. Okay, okay, just <laughs> as messy and dangerous in the wild as she want to be. I was disappointed though, AB, because I wanted the store person. I just felt like, you know, you heard what was going on here. And then she's going to dart away with the cart. I mean, that's evidence of guilt to me in my court of law right there. I wished he would have stepped in and not said, well, that's up to you. Okay, we need more anti Karens to say, hold it. I heard it. Stop screaming. Let's sort this out. Am I wrong? Um, no, I would not necessarily say that you're wrong. I wonder though, is this a Karen on Karen crime, right? To mm. where the brother was like, "Is ain't gonna do with me? Y'all figure that out." You know what I'm saying? Because we just saw what happened in Alabama. So it, it, we together, we all want to court about how we move <laughs> forward, right? But I love it. This, this didn't have nothing to do with him. That wasn't his fight. Wasn't his plight. You know, I can understand that. Um, he was just an employee. It, it looks like it didn't look like he was management or anything like that. To where he really wanted to get involved in that. I don't want to be answering questions and stuff. I don't know about you know. But I think that the benefit is that his mere presence seemed to make her kind of be like, okay, I'm done with this, as opposed to the camera being out. So she 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 seen what she was doing. She knew what she was doing a little bit. Cause it's mirror just being like, hey, knock it off, I'm cutting this out. She was kind of like, but she and he was like, I don't even want to hear that. Yeah. She had Wait, to uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> Gonna both find out. Okay. And I got my chair in the storeroom. Okay. I got it right in the back, right? Um Karen on Karen, I love it. Given your legal prowess, you probably already trademarked it, but I'd like to see a segment because I do think these Karens are now attacking one another, right? Attacking us. That's just easy. That's easy. We're easy prey. But now they are attacking each other MMA style. Mm. Karen on Karen. Mm. You'll let me know. I'm sure we'll get a cease and desist if you have <laughs> trademarked it, but I love it. And I do okay. think it calls uh for yet another brilliant indisputable segment. I'm gonna talk to Doc about that and the okay. team. Just give me my percentage, okay? That's all you get. You and Michael Orr, that, had they done the right thing, A.V., right? How often does that, if you just do the right thing, a lot of times people aren't, they're not gonna file any lawsuit. They thought he wasn't gonna file it. Necessarily right, because people know some things that they can get away with, and some things may seem right mm. on morals, but be wrong legally, right? Wow. And so th- that's something to consider as well. But in this particular instance, I think when you see a wealthy white couple take in a seemingly, you know, a needing a, a black man in need is what I'll say. She, you know, I don't want to use improper language or like discredit him in any manner because I don't know his full story. But when you see something like that, it does give predatory, right? And including the whole concept of like, well, we had to do this to get you into that school. In my opinion, on the face, it looks manipulative because we have seen people get into schools because somebody made a phone wow. call on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And then we're never on the rowing team either mm. and, or the crew. Okay. Is it now? I think you make a strong point. It seems as if someone who is more naive than you, that's not stupid. One's a budding man or child though, they met him, 
with different things he's exposed to versus their experience. And so there are strong questions. I hope we get to the bottom of it. And then as our esteemed producer, Jordan, said yesterday, we're going to do part two of this thing's going to be called blindsided. That's what he said, okay? And you might have to get with him on a trademark. Arrogance, Rudy Giuliani calling Fonnie Willis, the crack prosecutor here in Fulton County, sloppy and not a lawyer, which is rich because you've been disbarred, Rue, you've been disbarred, okay? She's a lawyer and you're about to find out, watch. Mr. Mayor Rico, I read that. I immediately went back to, you famously used RICO to put away some of the most dangerous criminals the world yeah. has ever seen. Mr. Yeah, Mayor, sir. why the hell is Fannie Willis trying to charge you with racketeering? Because she's a, a politician uh, and not a lawyer, not an honest, honorable lawyer. This is a ridiculous application of the racketeering statute. There's probably no one that knows it. Better than I do, probably some that know it as well. I was the first one to use it in white collar cases. But in major cases like the Boski case and the Milken case, uh, this is not meant for election disputes. I mean, I, this is ridiculous what she's doing. Also, I don't know if she realizes it because she seems like a pretty incompetent, sloppy prosecutor. I mean, what she did yesterday with that indictment is uh, inexcusable. If she worked for me, I'd have fired her. She doesn't work for you. And you can't dictate how this thing is gonna go in Georgia. There's more as Rudy Giuliani tries to claim Bonnie Willis filed the indictments before a grand, there you go again, before a grand jury vote. Wow. So it was allegedly filed with a clerk prior to, to the grand jury actually voting. Go ahead. Go ahead. It was filed. I mean, I've read many more of those than she has. It, 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 it has a stamp. It has a date accepted. It has a time accepted. It has a case number already at 12 o'clock. It's been assigned to a judicial office and a courtroom. That's all you have to do to file an indictment anywhere in a federal court. Well, somebody made a big mistake because the grand jury hadn't voted it yet. This is why they were scrambling, because they had to get it done by 8-14. So we had, we had uh, the Keystone Cops. So, so, so Mr. Mayor, let me, let me get this straight. You, you believe that Fannie Willis had already decided to indict prior to the grand jury actually recommending the indictment. Which, by the way, went 13-0, I believe I understood it. Go ahead. Oh, well, who cares what it went? Uh, you have to get them to vote before you can file the indictment. Or you're just telling us that you treat the grand jury like a ham sandwich. Uh, good prosecutors do not. Good prosecutors, honest prosecutors, honorable ones, treat the grand jury with respect. I don't know about that, okay? Maybe. She sold 19 ham sandwiches, okay? 19 of them. Not even the good ham that you get at the deli. This is that prepackaged, overly processed ham. And she said, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and rubber stamp it, okay? 
But we should mention, A.B., that Rudy Giuliani is a man who is so obsessed, it seems, with honor. But shouldn't he remember he did lose his law license in New York over false election claims? And didn't he recently say, you know what, I did lie? I ruined, I know a couple of folks in Georgia ruined their lives. They're still trying to be safe, feel comfortable in their homes. <laughs> Speak to that because it's so rich, these public statements that are continuously made in the face of yet another, this indictment is sweeping. I mean, it all comes back to accountability, right? So let's be clear, yes, Rudy Giuliani was disbarred, I believe, in New York. And I believe he was like pending in DC. I don't remember exactly if they, they actually disbarred him in DC. But you lost your buyer license for lying, right? And that went through a court, right? That went through a committee, that went through multiple phases before we got there. On top of the fact that the public saw the the evidence and the and what you did um, in terms of the election fraud um, claims that occurred, right? Um, in addition to that, yes, you did come out and said that you lied. So I'm so confused as to why you mad at Fani for charging you with a RICO because you're not being charged. And my understanding is that you're not being charged for questioning the election. You are being charged for trying to steal the United States of America with your homeboy. Mm. And that's a legal term too. Homie, okay. Fonnie Willis is in love with Rico, might as well be her lover, okay. She has successfully utilized Rico. And I want to talk more about that because Rico was born with people like you, people like me and mine, are you? And instead, it's now being used against somebody else. We reported yesterday Giuliani used the federal Rico statute as a US attorney in the 1980s, was indicted on state charges alongside Trump. And 17 others on Monday over Trump's attempts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Giuliani was charged with 13 counts, including violation of the RICO Act, false statements and writings, conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, and solicitation, violation of oath by a public officer, media life with the details. Mm. Additionally, last month, the disciplinary board for the DC Bar Association recommended Giuliani be stripped of his law license over reckless fraud claims after the 2020 election. The panel announced its findings in a 38 page sweeping decision centered on a post election lawsuit Giuliani filed in an effort to dismiss thousands of votes in the battleground state of Pennsylvania, which again was won by President Joe Biden. NBC News with the reporting. Mr. Giuliani's effort to undermine the integrity of the 2020 presidential election has helped destabilize our democracy. His malicious and meritless claims have done lasting damage, the panel wrote. He claimed massive election fraud, but had no evidence of it. By prosecuting that destructive case, Mr. Giuliani, a sworn officer of the court, forfeited his right to practice law, the panel added. His utter disregard for facts denigrates the legal profession. It does seem he's still at it. Well, meantime, in a humorous reveal, Atlanta's high profile billion dollar lawyer, Drew Feindling, who joined Trump's legal team last year, reportedly donated $1,440 to Madame DA. Bonnie Willis, the district attorney's primary campaign in July 2020. According to Federal Election Commission records obtained by Rolling Stone. 
Finally, is apparently no stranger to backing Democratic candidates and noted the discovery has raised eyebrows, considering he's on the team of lead attorneys fighting against the RICO charges Willis filed Monday. Her Rolling Stone, he's by no means a Trump loyalist. The attorney has spent years publicly bashing Trump on a myriad of issues in response to Trump's targeting of the Central Park Five. Mr. Finally called his statements racist, cruel, sick, unforgivable, and un-American. When Trump attacked NBA superstar LeBron James as unintelligent, finally called him pathetic. He also heavily advocated for President Joe Biden during the 2020 election, donating a total of $8,400 to the Biden Victory Fund and his campaign. And none of this matters. Apparently, in a statement given to Insider last August, the attorney said he may differ politically from many of his clients, but. That doesn't change my commitment to defend against wrongful investigations. He added that the investigation into Trump's efforts to meddle with the election outcomes in Georgia is erroneous and politically driven persecution. I was rocking with him to that last word. A B persecution is is a really strong word, okay? It applies perhaps to what his client did to so many people, like those two ladies in Georgia who were just trying to volunteer, support their community, help with the vote, get organized. And look what he did to them, Ruby Freeman. Okay, look, look what he did there. Um, so that's that word just doesn't sit right with me. What do you think this attorney means when he says that, look, this investigation should have never taken place. That's, that's at least what he's saying, if not intimating here. Because the investigation, no matter the outcome of a trial, seems like it needed to take place. After we saw video, we heard calls, uh, uh, so many things went down here. Why would anyone ignore it? That would be the crime. Well, I mean, he is an attorney and he has to give a defense to his client, right? Um, that is his job, that is what he has been paid to do. And that is his professional and ethical obligation is to offer a defense based on what you know, the information that he receives from his client and the discovery and evidence that comes about during this the, the case. So, I mean, in that regard, if you're gonna be a zealous advocate, you better go all in, right? <laughs> um, regardless of what your political beliefs are. Um, and honestly, regardless of whether he believes what he is saying or not, um, his job is to represent that client. And in this particular instance, I think that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Um- the Georgia DA, Bonnie Willis, got this indictment and then got in front of the cameras. I don't know, it was just before midnight to announce who's getting it and who needs to, as a courtesy, turn themselves in. I can't stand these sweeping laws. It seems like if somebody wants to point at you and say, Rico, especially in Georgia, maybe you can outline that for us, you're going down and you're possibly going to stay put in prison for the rest of your natural life. What I can appreciate is these laws, and you correct me if I'm wrong, AB, seem to have been designed to make sure certain people can't wiggle out of this or can't even put on a meaningful defense because it's just coming at them. It's an onslaught. And like I said, they usually look like us. This time, they've got a spray tan 
and they may have what was that stuff that was coming down? Remember when he was? It was so hot. Okay, he better not come to Georgia. This heat wave is just it's killer. Okay, that stuff will really it'll be all over the place. Okay, all over the place. But what do you make of that? She's turning it around, and now not just the YSL gang, you Trump, you and your cronies. This is a criminal enterprise. So I think as you mentioned before, right, like Rico is Bonnie's thing. This is what she knows. Um, and the difference with a Rico in comparison to a different type of criminal uh, prosecution is a Rico under Georgia statute, it allows you to tell the whole story, right? That is kind of the theme of this is like, let's tell you the whole story. Let's not piecemeal it. I don't got time mm. to be going one person by one person and I can't get all the evidence I need to show you in totality. And I think that is part of the reason why, this would be my opinion, is that's part of the reason why a lot of people in the media, right? A lot of Trump's followers and things of that nature are not really buying the whole concept of what happened and what these people allegedly did, right? The co conspiracy and Trump himself allegedly did is because we've been piecemealed the information. Mm. And what excuse me, what Fani has done in this indictment is she has given you the entire story and how each of these pieces from each player has played into an attempt to try to steal the 2020 election. Wow, I don't think they should call it Rico for sure, Larica, because women want the whole story. Okay, men are the ones who try to wiggle out of it and just go with this one point. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the totality of what went down here. Um, I love this this woman um, because she has broad shoulders. She's a mother. She's a tenacious prosecutor. Again, I'm not big on like lock everybody up, but if we're going to have these laws, let's just go ahead and apply them. She's got friends in Buckhead who helped get her elected, who are furious. She's got friends in South East Atlanta who are furious about YSL. At least she's following through. Mother who would be told, give me your child. Okay, give me your child, your baby. And we're gonna separate you. And we're gonna, we're not just gonna put you into a, you know, club coach car, right, where there's buffet service. We're gonna stuff you like a sardine into a train. And early on, they really didn't know. They thought that they were being taken out of war zones to be taken care of. And then it wasn't, didn't take long before the word got out because people started to escape. Some great stories about it. And they started to realize, hey, they're actually taking you there and they're, they're doing some really sick things. But I'm thinking to myself, because I asked, I asked the guy, the, the very, very astute historian that was walking myself and a couple others through him, I'm asking him, so tell me, what were the rules for the guards? Because there wasn't many guards, but there were thousands, thousands of people. Maybe they're members of your congregation. Maybe it's you. That, that just said, okay, here's my child and get on the train. Talk about being in the valley of the shadow of death. Wow. Okay. And to think this, this guy is probably being paid a lot of money to make the rounds on the circuit. It's incredible. While well, recalling a visit to a Polish train station that had been used to transport Jewish victims. You know, you can barely get through this stuff. Who do you think you are? There's Flynn, he made these remarks at the 
protect our children, preserve our future rally at Grace Christian Church in Michigan. That's important to faith. Flynn is currently in his third year of touring a Christian nationalist roadshow around the country. Flynn has been criticized by Jewish groups in the past for calling for one religion in the United States, retweeting an anti-Semitic message in 2016, blaming Jews for hacking the Republican National Committee's emails. Flynn stated at the time that he had shared the tweet in error, the messenger with the reporting there. I guess it could happen, I've never shared an anti-Semitic tweet in error. I fought with people on social media, but I've never, I don't believe I've ever done that. Um, and this is someone who just so happens to be speaking to it now in this stage presentation. Flynn's latest comments echo previous remarks he'd made in which he compared Republicans to Jews being marched to their deaths by Nazis saying, mm. Historians, they're critical of suggestions Jews did not fight back enough with the Auschwitz Museum, sharing a statement in response to Flynn's comments in which it was pointed out that acts of resistance did occur. And calling their actions willing ignores the psychological manipulation and fear they endured. Favorable conditions for Jewish resistance were almost non-existent due to the overwhelming force brutality of the German occupation. The sheer power combined with deception and fear made effective resistance extremely challenging, the statement said. It kind of bothers me that they are bothering to push back against this fool. It, it really does, AB. When Kanye said that the slaves were basically stupid, okay? There's more of you, rise up, blah. First of all, he ignores history and things that did go down. But it's just so ignorant. These are the same people who believe when you have on a short skirt or tight pants, well, things happen like sexual assault. Am I wrong? I understand that you have to counter this ignorance, this anti-Semitic behavior, this bigotry. But sometimes the element is so damn low. I don't want to stoop that low. And give you a lesson, your comeuppance. I just don't want to. Am I wrong? Um, I think at this point, I don't want to say you're wrong. I understand your sentiment, but like, what else do we do, right? Yeah. Because it's just getting out of control. It's ridiculous, and it's almost like who gives you the authority to tell a lesson in this capacity, right? And to teach people this, knowing that it's inaccurate, or just that you don't want to take accountability, right? Um, I think that that is the sad part is that these are people who are put in positions of power to share their word and giving large platforms to share this type of ignorant, just rhetoric. I, I don't even know what to call it. You know, I don't have a name for it at this point. Um, it's distasteful. Um, and it just goes to show like the type of people that this is, but it also goes to show that there are more people who agree. With this type of energy, right? Which is why it is allowed, which is why he is possibly paid um, a lot of money to go ahead and spread this rhetoric, right? But it needs to stop. And sometimes you can't always go high because you'd be too high. Mm -hmm. You might miss your target. Sometimes yeah. you gotta go low. So you just get done what you need to get done and keep it yeah. mm. I can get low with it, trust. Okay. And a lot of How people are gonna have to go. do it. Yeah, look, can you can get you okay? Go. All right. Uh, yeah, 
I the other part of it is because you just said something there about um, teaching people. Not everybody has the same experience, and I have always thought there's no ignorant question. But I sometimes put the onus back on those who are seated there and want to just sit blindly, take wholesale, just drink it up, drink it up, swallow it whole. Debate is good. Or questioning things. It's okay to listen and then question. That doesn't smell right. That that doesn't sound morally sound. And I feel like too many people have been indoctrinated to the indoctrinated to the point where they're not even asking any questions. They're just drinking it in, even against their own self-interest. It's a phenomenon that I wonder why are you doing this? Is it the hatred? In your heart, is it the mental laziness? What is it that makes people A, B, want to do this? And when they act upon it, it seems, that's no excuse if they were to get in trouble with the law, act on some of this rhetoric. It's not going to bail them out, is it? No, it's not. And I don't I don't want to give anyone any excuses, right, for um engaging in this and, and 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 supporting it, right? But let's also remember that people can be manipulated, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of what level of education that you have, um, your financial um, your financial space in life, right? Like people can be manipulated. And when you are fed this information for so long and so intensely and and especially by people of power, right? It is easy to believe. So when you don't have um, the resources, tools or the wherewithal or reason to go and do the research yourself or to ask certain questions, you're not. I think that you know there are people who are lazy and they are benefiting from this. Um, and you know what they say, ignorance is bliss. And mm-hmm. so they are living in blissful ignorance um, without question, and it has yet to come and affect them. But there wow. will come a day. Yeah, and you know what? Thank you, thank you for for pushing back the way you did there, because I do now recall that there are other people who just have a need for somebody to speak directly to them and their circumstance. So they are ripe for this. They're easy marks for some of this, and we've got to we've got to consider what people are dealing with. Again, not an excuse. Okay, push back, ask questions if it's real. If it's authentic, they'll want that pushback, they'll want that debate, they'll be able to truly convince you. Bradley Cooper wears a fake nose in this biopic of a Jewish man, okay? It is being called outlandish by some. Netflix Tuesday trailer release of the film Maestro. Is drawing all the spotlight for all the wrong reasons. And you can see there what folks are reacting quite strongly to in some corners. Described as a fearless love story between the brilliant composer, played by Bradley Cooper, as Leonard Bernstein, and his wife, Alicia Montilegri Cone Bernstein, played by Carrie Mulligan. It's also reigniting debate over. The phrase Jew face. Okay, this is it's ugly. Cooper's character in the teaser is seen sporting an oversized prosthetic nose. Many are now calling unprofessional and even offensive. And I wonder what you make of it because it is more than pronounced. Jewish actress 
Tracy Ann Oberman, known for appearances in Doctor Who, said in an interview with Page Six, quote, if Bradley Cooper is able to play the elephant man without any prosthetics, he should be able to play a Jewish man without any need for prosthetics, especially a Jewish nose. If he needs to wear a prosthetic nose, then that is to me and many others the equivalent of black face or yellow face. I want to stop there and give you an opportunity, AB. Because now that, that comparison's made, okay? It's wrong to do this and offend people of color. And why are you doing this to the Jewish community? Break this down. I guess dissect it, if you will. So I can understand why this is offensive to this community, right? Um, because there were other options outside of this. I'm gonna push back a little bit on comparing this to blackface, considering the fact that blackface was presented at a time when black people were not allowed to act or do anything, right? Um, and it was a mockery of us and our culture. So. I guess that's where I have the disconnect in that argument. However, I do understand the offensiveness and why um, a population of people or people in general would be offended by doing something like this because I don't think that it was necessary. Um, and I do think that we are in a time where just ask somebody how this might turn out before you make a move. I think it's that easy. Right, um, because there are people who are more aware of the disrespect that comes to their culture in subtle ways that maybe we, I wouldn't say turned a blind eye to, but maybe we just weren't as aware of, right? Cultures who are not embedded in that, we're not aware of that, oh, this is offensive or this is something that is happening to you all because we can't know everything at all times. So I think that if you are going to take that leadership role and an act like this, you should have asked a few questions first, right? And found out what is this gonna look like and is it necessary? Was it going to change the structure of this art mm. that I am trying to present, right? Because now that is foreshadowed by the disrespect. So mm -hmm. that'd be- I think you make an excellent point. So often it's not that we mind you asking, because in asking, that's a sign of respect, sampling, a sign of respect. And people might say, well, hey, listen, there's probably some representation. Um, in Hollywood of culture, but it tells me that the, there's this tighter thing, right? When you find out who's in charge of this movie. And sometimes big names think that they don't have to run anything by anyone. I always felt like no matter how successful you are, I might call you up and say, AB, can you proofread this? I, I poured my heart into this document, mm -hmm. but you get in the weeds and maybe you'll see something I didn't. Just innocently, it doesn't make me stupid, but I want another set of eyes, ears. Um, the initial reporting there, page six, uh, but let's go to social media because people are calling this out. They are um, giving strong opinions about how they feel about this, the prosthetic um, and which one was used. Um, because when you look at the side by side, Bradley Cooper with the very pronounced prosthetic there, the nose. And then the real Leonard Bernstein, right? They're calling it anti-Semitic. Other posters are also noting that it <laughs> Bradley Cooper still isn't Jewish. He's wearing that prosthetic nose that doesn't even look like the man he is trying to bring 
to the screen, again, morph into um, recognized as a, a brilliant artist. Now we talked about who was behind it. Let's give you the names. The film is being produced by Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, after winning the rights to the project over Jewish actor Jake Gyllenhaal. In a statement posted online, Bernstein's children said the actor included the family along every step of his amazing journey as he made his film about our father. We were touched to the core to witness the depth of his commitment, his loving embrace of our father's music, and the sheer open hearted joy he brought to his exploration. It's from the JC. The siblings added that any criticism of the actor was heartbreaking and described it as misrepresentations or mis understandings of his efforts. I think that when you are the offspring, the children of a famous person or any person, you are entitled to speak when you wish. So I don't even want to come at them. I can tell you how it felt. It felt like Bradley Cooper agents, publicists called up the family who may adore him, maybe starstruck, or maybe they just like the story. I don't know, maybe they don't care enough. Maybe they think the nose is fine, whatever. But it feels like AB, they called him up and they said, hey, can you give me some air cover here? That's what it feels like, I'm just telling you that. Who I would like to hear from, Mr. I'm bringing this to life. I've been nominated for all these incredible awards is Bradley Cooper and Scorsese and Steven Spielberg. That's who I would like to hear from on this, not hide behind the children, which again, that's just my speculation. What say you? Well, I, I think that both sides are necessary to hear from, right? Because sometimes in these spaces, context matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and these conversations matter. The conversations that were had before you did this. And were the children aware that this was how this was going to be presented? Um, and I think, again, like I said, we're just in a very thin place. It's a thin line between being creative and just being disrespected, being disrespectful, yeah. right? Um, and not paying attention to the climate of society today. So, I mean, with that being said, like I said, I do think that a statement should be made by Bradley Cooper and we need to hear from him. Um, but I think we need a more open and honest conversation too mm-hmm. with the family in which um, that includes the family in which this story is uh, based on. Yeah. Cops paralyzed a man in an arrest over what? He was relieving himself, okay? He relieved himself and for that, he's now paralyzed. Tell you who it's about, 21 year old Keandre Green's spine crushed during a police encounter with authorities in Duncanville, Texas. When a woman called police after spotting Green urinating in an alleyway. Green had been jogging the morning of August 11th and reportedly had stopped in an alleyway to relieve himself. According to police, Duncanville police claimed that officers on the scene did a computer search for Green before pursuing him. Discovered Green had a warrant for his arrest for a domestic violence charge. Green fled immediately on foot, according to police. Officers chased him. Once authorities captured and pinned down Green, he reportedly continued to resist arrest despite warnings from police that things could turn physical. Then Blackstar, with the reporting, be mindful of the police account. Brutal arrest it was. According to police department press release, 
An officer delivered two straight punches to Mr. Green's face, a tactic to end a potentially violent encounter. When they could finally cuff him, Green began complaining of back pain, prompting one of the officers to call for an ambulance. Green has been hospitalized in Charlton Methodist Hospital, where he and his loved ones hope for a full recovery. However, authorities say Green has been charged with attempted evasion and the initial crime he is suspected of having committed. He was relieving himself. And there was that outstanding warrant. According to the family, despite the claims of Green still being charged, he is not under any guard of police officers, nor is he handcuffed to the bed, which is standard operating procedure for patients under arrest while hospitalized. Let's show you the Duncanville Police Department Chief of Police, Mark Levigny. Spokesperson from the Duncanville Police said they may release body cam footage at a later date. I'd like to see it now. I'd like to see it now. Some of this AB, and it is, I'm sure your legal hat would say, well, you're speculating, and I am, but I'm speculating based on things that we've reported on before. He resisted when we could finally cuff him. Oh, it was just a tactic. Yeah, you know, those blows. They called him two straight punches to Mr. Green's face. Did you see the picture here? And I don't know who called about a man relieving himself in an alley. It's not pleasant. I don't want to see it, but I don't need to waste the call. I don't need to waste the call on that, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. React to what we do know here. Um, well, what we do know is that in my opinion, the story's not adding up, right? Because Again, I'm going to look at the timeline, right? So first of all, how long does it take you to relieve yourself, right? To get out of an alleyway, to make a phone call, for the police to pull up, for them to look up your name in the computer. How are they able to look up your name, right? How long does it take the police to get there? How did you know who you were looking for? How did you know you had the right person when allegedly, you know, this young man was running, you know, right? Like minding his business. There's a lot of things to me personally that are like not adding up about the story where I'm like, let's see the video. <laughs> right, yeah. I need to see the video. <laughs> um, yeah. And release the timeline. it. The timeline, you're, you're, again, brilliant. Because it feels like you found all that out about the domestic violence warrant after the fact. Mm -hmm. And if someone is so dangerous that you need to chase them down for urinating, okay, you said you saw a crime and they're gonna charge him for it. So just, hey, sir, need you to come back here. We don't do this around here. What's your name? Whatever, okay. Now you are after the fact looking for a reason for potentially paralyzing a man, okay? Resisting arrest before things could turn you know, really violent. It doesn't add up, you're right. Look at the photographs and the fact that he's not handcuffed, not under guard right now. I think is interesting because to do that to a quote unquote perp, I would think that he, you have to suspect he is a serious threat. So why aren't you doing that? Now I wouldn't be surprised they'd be if by the time this re-airs tonight, he might they might be have so little integrity that they will actually go over there and you know station somebody there because it's after the fact this whole thing about making it make sense. Okay, how do we piece this thing together so we look good? They're coming up with all these statements. Where's the footage? You usually, if it were on your side, you you show the footage. 
Uh, well, I mean, if there's something to hide, then obviously we don't want to do it right away, right? But I also would say to be devil's advocate, right, in the interest of justice, to say, okay, let's let the police department look at the footage first um, and see what they see. I know that sometimes like certain things have to be redacted, right, for certain reasons, but I don't think it should be an issue one for the family um, to at least be able to see the body body cam footage right away, um, not necessarily being released to the public right away, right, um, especially. Sometimes considering how brutal this may look from the body cam footage, right? But I'd also, I haven't had a chance to see this and I don't know if it's been released, but I haven't seen the police officers and what they look like, right? And what their size um, is compared to this young man, because he looked kind of small to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in relation to that, I would like to see that and just how you even got to the point of where you had to chase this young man down, but you already had all his information. So yeah, again, yeah. And I don't. You mentioned the devil, and I. I sometimes I don't hear too good. I didn't know if you said for them to wait a minute till the police look at it or erase it. I just couldn't. I couldn't quite hear. Kiki Palmer in the spotlight again. She's teaming up with Usher after splitting with her ex. I don't remember his name, but they have it here for me. Okay, that's what happens when you do and say certain things. Okay. You round find out. Moving on and messy, that's what some fans are saying about Kiki Palmer. She's teamed up with Usher on a new track. Yes, they're making beautiful music together. <laughs> they're taking full advantage of that viral moment. You remember where he serenaded Kiki on stage at his concert? Mm. I didn't see a damn thing wrong with that. Okay, that was beautiful. Okay, beautiful. Hair went viral in July after Usher's seductive dance. He can dance with the actress at his Las Vegas residency, leading to drama with Palmer's then boyfriend. A video captured the singer serenading her with his 2010 hit song, There Goes My Baby. I feel like every time he belts it out, he's singing to me. He's singing to me. Palmer's ex and her son's father, Darius Jackson, oh him. He seemed to take offense. Remember what he said online? It's the outfit though, you a mom. Okay. We live in a generation where a man of the family doesn't want the wife and mother to his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others. And he gets told how much of a hater he is. Yeah, he got told off a lot. He had to deactivate social media for a while. People came for him, said misogynist. Palmer seemingly remains unbothered. Remember, then she said, that's it, you're out of here. And oh, by the way, Usher, I'll meet you at the studio. Ex-boyfriend, child's father shamed her outfit at the Usher concert. Can you imagine? I would never. No, no, you're not going to say what now? No. Now Palmer and Usher, they're not just dancing together. As we mentioned, the pair is set to release a steamy duet. And we do want to give you just a little 
I don't think you can handle much more than a little sneak peek. Somebody say that your boyfriend's looking for me. Yes, yes. Hello. Hello. What time is it? Damn it, I missed the show. I'm so tired. I'm a mother, after all. I'll fill in for you, Kiki. I'll be right there. I'll be right there. Uh, Usher, I declare messy, AB, in the most beautiful way. Is Kiki messy too for doing this in such a bombastic way? Or is she clean and sexy with it? It was Queen Beyonce who said, the best revenge is your paper, right? Let's, let's not forget that after Jay-Z allegedly did what he did, we got a whole Lemonade album, right? <laughs> um, so I don't think she's messy. I think as a mother, right? When your body changes, when you are, you know, bringing that forth part. life, and your mindset changes, and who you are as a woman, and what you saw in yourself before changes. And I think it is beautiful that she still finds her body sexy, and she was able to have the confidence to just go out there and, and do what she did. Because um, a lot of women don't get that joy. I know I was feeling myself after I had my baby because I was in Atlanta, so I was a snicker. Okay, you get Okay, <laughs> I wish I could get it back now. Ooh, wow, the curves, <laughs> but, okay. Right, but I think it, I think that it's beautiful and I think to know who Usher is as a performer and to know who Kiki is as a performer, as an entertainer. She has been in the game for a long time and she has a personality. I think what they did was give a show and her boyfriend, baby daddy, he mm. is a hater. And that's mm -hmm. why it's coming back on you because God don't play about certain people and look like Kiki one of them people God don't play about. Ooh. He's a preacher too. I couldn't agree with you more. And I like how she's standing in her motherly skin. And no matter what you think, it's been well received. Um, some critics, she's gonna do Kiki. And Usher, I mean, he loves the scandal. He had a whole album, that confession. What's he gonna do with this one? There is that response from fans. They're having mixed emotions about the short clip, leaving many torn on which side they lean toward more. Isn't that the intent here? Look at all the buzz. They did it. Many applauded Palmer and Usher for capitalizing off the viral moment that has had fans talking for weeks. Yet others who side with Jackson, Jackson compared Palmer to rapper Future for clapping back at her ex. Stop. Now you can go on and stop. Okay, <laughs> be quiet. And I, Future doesn't even do that that much anymore, does he? I think he's finally said, you know, I'm done with this. Okay, uh, but you see the the reaction here. Um, this is. Villain activity from Usher and Kiki. So, <laughs> so what? It's delicious. Radio silence from Jackson in the midst of the drama. As I said, he deactivated social media accounts, returned only with limited ability to comment on his Instagram post. Why even bother to return? Just stay out of this. His Twitter account now only features football. Related content. He has removed all of the posts with Palmer, as she did on her Instagram page. Thank you, Atlanta Black Star, for the details on this one, AB. Um, just to button it, what I sense here, and I think again, this is a hypothesis, I think there's credibility with it. Insecurity never wins. You didn't, 
if you feel a certain kind of way, first of all, I probably you're not going to get away with that privately. Telling me this about what a mother died. Nobody told you what to do, okay? Pants hanging down or whatever you're doing. And don't you tell me, you fell in love with all of me, right? And because I'm a mother, I'm not subservient to you. But insecurity, it seems to me, never wins. And he did it so publicly. She didn't own the embarrassment, though. She showed him. She did, and she showed him with confidence, right? And so I agree with your statement. Like, she is a confident young black woman. And I feel like just black women, y'all always trying to find a reason to tell us why we're wrong for whatever we do. But how many times we cheering for little Britney Spears, no disrespect to her, swinging around a pole and her chonies, right? And nobody gets mad. She's a mother of two children, right? We don't get mad at JLo when she's doing her thing on stage and her little. One piece, right? Um, we see so many artists that do what they do. And once again, Kiki left the house that day. So if you didn't see your girl before she left the house, I say a lot about you and less about her. You should have had that conversation at home, but you knew the type of woman that you got with. Okay, and I think that's the problem these days is it's a lot of confident of us mm. out here and we're very sexy and scrumptious. And of course, you're gonna wanna come get with us. But if you don't have the ability to handle it, that's on you that's yeah. on Kiki as a woman. And so shout out to Kiki. I think as black women, we should take this as a lesson and as confirmation that be as bad as you wanna be, okay? Mm-hmm. And don't try to please people who wanna take away your power because it's brilliant. I was talking to someone this morning who said, I'm so tired of people. This was a black man raised by a single mother, a queer black man who said, I'm so sick of what is happening with black women. Nobody stands up for them because they're so strong. You gotta be punished for it. Well, not today. Mm. Not today. A.B. Tucker, we love having you on. You are just perfect. Mm. I am legally hype. It is my favorite now. And others need to take heed, okay? Because She's a queen. Tell people where they can find you. Thank you. So I am on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. I'm on Twitch now too. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) I'm on Twitter and I'm on Spill. So I am I am legally hype on every platform. Come look for me. Holla at me. Don't yell at me because I'll go back and forth with other people's kids in the comments. But you can holla at me and say what's up. And Sharon, it was a pleasure to share this space with you. You're such a beautiful, amazing woman. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And if you figure out who we can sue. And just please, I say, let's go for it. I'd love to see you in the courtroom. Thank you, AB. I get results in November, so we can Ooh, talk about it then. I love it. Come to Atlanta and we'll, we'll just kind of celebrate because I know what's going to happen. This is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Thanks so much for joining us.